This life-changing message is brought to you by Strong Christian Church, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. God bless you as you listen to this message. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege that we have received of you. The privilege to gather in the name of Jesus, but above all, the gift of life that we have physically and the gift of life that we have spiritually. We are grateful and we pray that by your spirit, Lord, you will cause our ears to hear and that our hearts will be soft grounds, our hearts will be good grounds, where whatever seed is sown today shall bear much fruit to your glory. We bind every demonic presence in our midst that seeks to hinder us from hearing the word. Every form of noise and every form of agitation in our minds and in our emotions in every way that prevents us from hearing your word. Lord, we bind it in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you from our midst and we command you to go out that we may receive the glory of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we surrender to you this morning. We yield our hearts and we say, look into it and remove anything that offends, that we may live a, a life that is acceptable to God. We thank you, Lord, that by your mercies, our sins, both known and unknown, are forgiven. We stand before you and we say that we know that if we say we have no sin, we make you a liar. But today we admit that we are sinners. We have saints, Lord. Though you have called us to be saints, still we do walk in sin. And therefore we ask your mercy, cleanse us with the precious blood of the land and cause our lives to be restored to that which you purported for it to be. And we thank you that we shall be delivered from deception and we shall hear your voice and be guided by the light that comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Please be seated comfortably. Great. This morning, I would preach on the subject of repentance. I will preach on the subject of repentance and what repentance is and why it is important for us. And I will touch on a little bit on deception, how Satan can deceive us even in the step of repentance. Amen. And why it is important for us to always evaluate ourselves every day of our lives so that we are not deceived by the enemy. Amen. Well, the, the, the word repentance has, depending on which language it, it has, is the same meaning or yeah, it's the same meaning, but it, it's expressed in different ways. In, 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 in the Hebrew language, which has 
it's or which the old testament has its origin it means to change your mind and in the greek language in which time jesus preached it means to turn back or to return so when you combine both it means to change your mind and to return now in matthew chapter 4 verse 17 Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And I hope you have your Bible. Some of you, you don't have Bibles, even though you have been a Christian for so many years. I don't know what, I can't say, I can't describe you as a Christian serving the Lord. Because I'm not, I'm not sure whether you are serving the Lord. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, the Bible tells us that from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is it from that time, Jesus began to preach, to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was preaching to a people that know God. He was not preaching to a people that don't know God. He was preaching to a people that know God. And yet he was telling them to repent. In other words, change your mind and turn back to God. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, Without repentance, we cannot receive the gift of God that God gave to the world, which is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, many of us, and don't understand what it means to repent and why we must repent. And therefore, as your pastor, it is important for me to explain to you why it is important to repent and to remain repented by explaining to you the beginning of the problem and therefore the need for the repentance. Hallelujah. And also to point out to you how Satan can deceive us and make us walk thinking that we have repented and yet we have not repented. Now, at the beginning of the history of this current human race, the Bible tells us that God had a plan for man and he did create man after he has created everything. And he put him in the garden and gave him responsibilities. Genesis chapter 15. 
Sorry, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Now, I don't have the privilege of reading from your screen. So I'm reading from my Bible, and I hope you are also learning to read from your Bible instead of depending on the media. Those Bibleless Christians who have been coming to church for so many years, my prayer is make sure you have your own Bible so that you can mark out scriptures. You can mark out the, the, the scriptures on the screen. And many of you don't write notes. You just come and come and sit down. And whether you are hearing or not, only God can tell us. But I pray that you will hear. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden and left him there without saying anything. Is that what the Bible says? I said, is that what the Bible says? Can I hear from you? I want to hear from you. Abigail, can I hear their response? And the Lord God took man and put him into the garden of Eden and left him there. Is that what the Bible says? Now, I want to hear from your response. Abigail, whoever is behind the media, I want to hear what they say. Anyway. But what does he say? What does he say? He says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So you see, God has created the garden. But he found out that the garden cannot take care of itself. So he, he created man who can take care of the garden and gave man the responsibility of dressing it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Lord went ahead and made arrangements for man to get assistant man. Hallelujah. Now, so here, man has been given his responsibilities, what God wanted him to do, and the things that is freely available for his life and for his, his prosperity. But you see, Satan came. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the, of the fruit of the tree of the garden. We can eat. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. 
For God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes will be open, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. So here, listen, the serpent gave the woman another vision. The vision of personal prosperity. The vision of not being a servant of God. The vision of not having to depend on God every day of your life. And the Bible says that the woman received that vision and decided that it's a vision to pursue. And the end of it, we all know up to today. Now, so when after that, after that, everything that man reproduced had that has that tendency in it. Everything that man reproduced has that tendency in it. The tendency to be on my own and not to depend on anybody. Whether it's possible or not is another story. But it's my vision that I don't want to, I don't want to be told what to do. I want to do my own thing. Hallelujah. Now, what is the what is the problem with that? The problem with that is that in relation to God, we did not create ourselves. In relation to God, we did not create ourselves. And we create things with a purpose in mind. We create things with a purpose in mind. So when the created thing refuses to do the purpose for which it's created, but wants to do another purpose, it becomes a problem. You see, God has not, God is not a tyrant that he's demanding from us what he doesn't have a right to. He created us, and therefore he has the right to tell us what he wants us to do. This is the simple problem that we have, because this is what we have rebelled against, and we still keep rebelling against it. So when Jesus came, he said the time has now come for all of us who believe in God to change our mind and turn back to come under God and his leadership and his rulership. Are you with me? Nassim, are you, are you following? Eh? Are you following? Pretty, are you following? Taboho, are you hearing? Can you understand what I'm saying? So you see, Jesus said that you, God will not allow that. I said, God will not allow that. Because he has rightfully created us. And therefore, would, would expect us to do what he created us for. Now, Satan, who didn't create us, has come to give us a vision and suggested to us that that vision is better than the vision of God. That vision 
is worth pursuing instead of trying to just wait for God. So this is where the problem is. And this is why there is a need for repentance. Chelsea, are you with me? Eh? This is why there is a need for repentance. Tanya, I can see you. Eh? This is why there's a need for repentance. In other words, for us to change our mind back to God. Bernard, I hope you're understanding it. It's, it's not just to move around and do whatever we want to do. We need to change our minds and turn back to God and say we are sorry for doing whatever we wanted to do. You see, in Isaiah chapter 55, sorry, Isaiah chapter 53, this is a problem. The problem is not because we have kissed somebody. The problem is not because we drink alcohol. The problem is not because we eat some foods. No, that's not a problem. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's talking about Jesus. And, and what he's saying is that what the problem is that we have all gone astray. It's not like the problem is not because uh, 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 we don't wear long skirts. The problem is not because we drink alcohol. The problem is not because we smoke. No, 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 no. The real problem is that each of us have turned everyone his own way. Meanwhile, you have not created yourself. God creates you and God sustains you. And he has the right to demand that you live your life the way he wants you to live your life. This is why we need to repent. I said, this is why we need to repent. Before we come back to him. Because, you see, as a father, he will not accept us with our own ways. If you don't change your mind like the prodigal son and come back to him, if you don't change your mind like the prodigal son and come back to him, he will not accept you. That's why the Bible says that you have to repent. You have to change. It's a, it's a personal decision. It's not an emotional decision. It's not something that just happens. By time. You have to decide. That looking at the issues on the ground and looking at the facts, I am created and sustained by God. Therefore, I come and submit to him and allow him the right to tell me what to do, to tell me how to live with my neighbor, to, to, detect, to detect the rules of this life. I cannot detect the rules of this life because I did not create life. 
I have to abide by the way God says we should live. So if God says that I should love my neighbor, my goal in this life is to love my neighbor. And if I have a difficulty, I must ask his help to make me able to do what he wants me to do. I cannot decide that I will do what I want because that's how I feel like. And that will be the basis of his judgment of us. That I gave you life and you did what you wanted to do with it. Account for it. I gave you life and you lived it the way you think you know how to live. You see, it will not be a problem. Let me say this to you. It will not be a problem if we know everything and therefore are able to do the right things that will be happy with God. You see, the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of evil and good is not the fruit of the tree of knowledge. It's the knowledge of evil and good. But there's more knowledge apart from evil and good. And the second thing is that what you classify as good and what you classify as evil depends on the general knowledge, the bulk of knowledge you have, which you and I don't have. For example, which of us sitting here can say that we have exact knowledge of tomorrow? None of us. None of us have exact knowledge of tomorrow. So how can you say that what is happening today is good? Because what you say is good today, tomorrow will prove it that is bad. So you see, the problem is that Satan, the deceiver, has deceived many of us to say that now we are like God. But you see, what makes you God? Apart from the knowledge, you see, the knowledge of good and evil doesn't make you God. What makes you God is to have knowledge of everything. Secondly, what makes you God is to have life in yourself. You see, the difference between us and Jesus is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 26. Or John 5. John 5, rather. John 5. I wish I could ask somebody to read for me. Because I don't know whether you are reading what I'm reading. Or I'm reading to myself. But the Bible says that as the Father hath life in himself. In other words, God has life in himself. So he has given to the Son to have life in himself. So he has given to the Son to have life in himself. 
In other words, the life in the sun is not dependent on any life from elsewhere. But you and I, our, our, even our life depends on life from God. So you see, after eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we have not become God because we still die. Hallelujah. So why am I teaching what I'm preaching? I'm preaching what I'm preaching because Satan can deceive anybody and has deceived many people. Many of us are in church and we say we are born again. And all those things. But when we look at our lives, it doesn't meet the condition of repentance. I say I'm born again. But for me to be born again, I must repent and believe in Jesus. It's not just in all the preachings. The first condition is to repent. In other words, to change your mind and turn back to God. To change your mind about what? To change your mind about the fact that you will do what you want to do and God cannot tell you what to do. To, to the fact that now you will not do what you want to do, but you will, you will do what God says you should do. So whatever God says we should do is what we are supposed to do. That is if you have changed your mind. That is if you have repented. Your way of life will not be dependent according to how you feel and according to your experience, but your way of life will be according to the word of God. Because that's how he shows us how to live. So, you see, John the Baptist made a point in Matthew 3, 8. That if we say we have repented, then there must be evidence of our repentance. I said there must be evidence of our repentance. But the question I want to ask you and me today is that where is the evidence of our repentance? When, when we look at each other, when our friends evaluate us, would they have evidence that shows that we are not living our lives according to the way we want to live it, but we are living it according to the way God wants us to live it? Where is the love in our relationships? As a person sitting by you, I don't seem to see the love in your relationships, where is it? Because God says we shall love our neighbor as ourselves. Where is the love? God says we shall love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. This is how to live here. Where is yours? 
Would God find evidence of this love in your lives, in our day-to-day lives? Would God find evidence of it? You see, so listen, you can say, I, I am a born again and deceive yourself because Satan is happy for you to be deceived and he's a deceiver. So the question is that, are we really repented? Because the Bible tells us something, that when we repent and live our lives according to the way God wants us to live, there is a blessing from heaven that will come over our lives. Acts chapter 2. Verse 38. Acts chapter 2. Oh, I wish somebody would read to my hearing so that I don't feel like I'm the one reading and you don't have it in your Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Do what? Peter said unto you, do what? For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. No, no, Peter said we should do what? And to your children. And to all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. So if you can hear me, give us a wave. Yes. Now, now I'm asking. What did Peter say we should do? I'm saying, what did Peter say we should do? We are supposed to repent. And when we repent, what will, what will come to us? Come again. Somebody talk to me. Somebody talk to me. Listen, the greatest gift you and I can receive from God in the face of Satan. Listen carefully. The greatest gift that you and I can receive from God in the face of Satan is the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said that the strongest is always the winner. I said, Jesus says that the strongest is always the winner. Now, if you want to fight with Satan on your own strength, you, you will lose. But the Holy Ghost has demonstrated that between him and Satan, there's no draw. It's always a win for the Holy Ghost. If they have a million encounters, it will be a million zero. Now, if this promise and this blessing is, from, is waiting for your life, let me ask you a question. If Satan is to attack you and me, where would he attack us? Because he knows that without repentance, 
The Holy Ghost will not come to you. You can pray, you can scream, you can shout, you can roll, you can jump on the stage, kick all the chairs, lift them up, sing all the songs. The Holy Ghost will not come. The Holy Ghost comes to a place where there is a mind, a will that says that, God, you are my God. You created me and I live to do your will. I live to obey you and I will do whatever you ask me to do in every situation. This is where you will have the Holy Spirit. And you see, the reason why I'm preaching this is that I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of fighting, losing battles. Where, because I don't have the Holy Spirit. And it's not because the Holy Spirit is not willing to come, but because I'm doing my own things. Why do your own things and achieve nothing? Why don't you do God, what God wants us to do so that we can achieve something? Church, I don't know whether you understand what I'm sharing with you today. But if you and I will understand it and decide to truly repent and remain repented, and wherever we fall short, we ask God for help, but our hearts are made up to follow him and do what he says. The blessings that will come upon our lives, we have no idea. So this is why this is a prosperity message. It's a message to deliver you from going around in circles. And it's from the Lord to you and to me. That what I want is a repentant heart. A heart that says, it's not what I want, but what you want. Not my will, Lord, your will. In every situation and at all times. If we will do that, I believe God will bless us and increase us. He has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And he has promised to give us all that our life will ever need. Our part is to repent, to change our minds and turn back with him properly. And let me say something to you. You and I cannot deceive God. If you have not repented, God knows it. And if you have repented, he knows it. So I want us to rise to our feet. And I want one of the pastors to lead us in prayer. A prayer of repentance. A prayer of repentance. And to those of us that are not born again, to those of us that have done and lived our own lives, today is an opportunity to repent. God is speaking to us. God is calling us. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Can I get one of the pastors in front with a microphone to lead us? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Lead us, Lord.
we come before you. We, you know the truth. You know everything. And we submit to you completely. Like the prodigal son, Lord, we have come to ourselves. We can see our struggles. We can see that our effort has yielded nothing. And we have become like tennis ball. That keep, keeps being tossed to and fro by the winds of this life. And our lives are finishing and amounting to nothing. We choose things thinking that we know what we are choosing, only to discover that we have chosen wrongly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, you want to say, Pastor, I wouldn't say I'm born again. But from what you have said, I want to repent and to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Let me pray with you. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Don't be shy about it. Father, thank you for the many hands that are lifted up. Oh, Lord, you are merciful. You are kind. And you appoint to every one of us an opportunity when we, our heart will hear your voice. Lord, today, today, we hear your voice. And we respond to it through the preaching of your vessel. We are grateful. We come to you acknowledging that we have gone our own way. But from today, we want to go the way you choose for us. And we want to do what you want us to do. From today, we want to live according to your instructions. And from today, we believe that Jesus Christ is your son who came to die for our sins. We therefore come to you just as we are. You lifted up your hands. I want you to step forward. I want to pray with you. Don't put your hands down. Step forward. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Step forward. I want to pray with you. Step forward quickly. I need to pray with you. You lifted up your hands. I want you to go forward. I just help them to go forward. I want to pray for them. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, and look at me on the screen. Look at me on the screen. Look at me on the screen. Don't be shy. You don't want to come to church and be told later or be seen, be looked upon from heaven as somebody who doesn't qualify for the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands to the Lord. I'll just pray for you. Father, these hearts have come to surrender to you, not to a church, not to a man, but to you as God. Hearing your voice today and responding to your call to come to you just as they are and to repent of the mind that they have concerning how to live and to choose the mind that you have evidenced by the direction you give us to live. Father, give them the gift of the Holy Spirit as you have promised and let their lives never be the same. To stand as a living testimony that your word is true and that today I have preached your word not with the enticing words of man, but in the power of your Holy Spirit. Let this life stand as a wonder. I thank you, Father, 
In Jesus' name, Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. Stay in touch by following our social media platforms at Strong Christian Church.